What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez. You can find me on Twitter at Zach Hernan. You can follow the podcast on Twitter as well at RGS Pod. As always, I'm joined by my good friend Anthony Perry. Anthony, say what's up to the folks. Let them know where to find you. What is going on, Red and Gold Standard Podcast listeners? It is your boy Anthony back with another edition of the podcast with my good friend Zach. And uh, as always, guys, to find me on Twitter, Perry underscore 49ers. That's P-E-R-R-Y underscore 49-E-R-S. And uh, let's get it rolling, man. This is going to be a really good breakdown, really good analysis for this game on Sunday night. Packers, dude. Game of the week so far. Damn near game of the year is what it feels like. Yeah, and you know, it's funny you say that because it's like, I think we're going to be saying that for a couple weeks in a row here. Um and, and, you know, going back to the, the Seattle game, people were saying, arguing that was the game of the year up until then. I think the 49ers are probably going to have like four or five games of the year in just this back end of the season alone. And, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure I saw this correctly, that they're the first team in NFL, you know, in Super Bowl history to um, face a team with a, you know, 800 winning percentage or better, you know, this, and I think either ever or this late in the season, I could be wrong, but it's just... You know, of course, the schedule has to work out like that. But at the same time, you're happy because it truly tests these guys and you get to see what they're made of. And it's going to be it's going to be a bloodbath. That's for sure. So let's let's get right off into it. Um, You know, obviously, the 49ers won last week against the Arizona Cardinals. Jeff Wilson touchdown his time expired. Um, However, they weren't able to escape the win fully healthy. They were banged up going into it. Uh, The last practice report that came out today, the injury report. Uh, there was D Ford, Joe Staley are out. They were ruled out uh, for the Sunday night game against the Packers. And then uh, Matt Breida is doubtful. And also Robbie Gold is doubtful. And that leaves George Kittle, the rookie Debo Samuel, and the veteran Emmanuel Sanders all questionable. Uh, it's rumored that they will play. However, that the official injury report lists them as questionable. So the Niners are looking to be possibly without some big weapons here for, you know, the second or third straight week here in a row. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how they're able to overcome it. And if Jimmy's able to, to kind of lift the team up again, if the running game isn't there now, Anthony, is there anything this week that I, I missed that you uh, stuck out to you or any injuries I happen to miss by chance? Uh, no, nah, you pretty much hit it on the head right there. Um, I guess the only thing I did here was that Robbie Gold was hitting 45-yard field goals today at practice. So it sounds like he's on the right path to recovery. But um, nah, man, you hit it on the head, dude. Kittle, Sanders, Debo, all questionable. Sounds like they're going to play. Obviously, Gold is making practice kicks, but he's not ready yet. And then um, and then what, D Ford with that hamstring injury? Yeah, yeah, man, that's pretty much it. Right on the, right on the head. All right, well, without further ado, let's just get right on into this. Um, 49ers versus Packers, like we said, flexed into Sunday Night Football. It's going to be a hell of a game. Um, 49ers are 9-1. and one, Packers are 8-2 and two going into this game. They are fresh off of a bye week. And that leads me to the first question of breaking this down. What stands out against about the Packers to you? What do they do well? Well... One thing real quick is uh, I heard this crazy stat that was like almost like it was like teams coming off a bye this season 
like overall in the entire league. There's like an under 500 record. So not that many teams are winning coming off a bye. And it's really weird. I don't know if that's true or not. But uh, in any event, man, you know, there's a lot to go off of this. But uh, I guess we'll start with the defense for the Packers. You know, what they do well is they get to the quarterback. Now, looking at stats, um, both of their edge rushers, you know, two premier guys, Darius Smith and Preston Smith, again, they can get at quarterbacks. Uh, Preston Smith, 10 sacks, one forced fumble. Uh, Darius Smith, eight and a half sacks. 20 quarterback hits. Both of these guys get at the quarterback and they get at them fast. But the thing I want to bring up out of, or aside from those two guys, the Packers don't really get a lot of pressure from anyone else. Uh, Kenny Clark is a pretty good interior defensive lineman, but he doesn't necessarily get pressure all the time. Uh, Kyler Fackrell, another defensive end, not that good. Tyler Lancaster, same thing. They have a good rotational defensive line, but overall, it's not that impressive outside of the two edge guys. So with that being said, those are the two things they do really well, or those are the two guys in particular that do really well in defense is, uh, man, they hit the quarterback and they hit the quarterback fast. So the Niners tackles have to be ready. But um, outside of that, for in terms of defense, man, uh. You know, they're really inconsistent defense. They've been getting toasted a lot this season. Uh, bottom in the league in yards per game. You know, they have, they, you know, the thing about their defense is that they have good pieces. Jair Alexander, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, Kevin King, you know, the list goes on. But, you know, Mike Pedden, defensive coordinator, I don't know. I don't know if it's just the plays he's calling or guys not executing or what, because the Packers' defense has been really underwhelming. So overall, you know, the defense is pretty underwhelming, but that doesn't excuse a really good pass rush. So that's one thing they do really well. Flipping to the offense, man. Oh, one of the best offenses in the league led by, you know, yours truly, Aaron Rodgers. The guy is having a career year like always. 17 touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, God, two interceptions, dude. I mean, this guy does not like throwing picks. He's extremely efficient. He knows where to place the ball. He knows who to look for. And, you know, he's Aaron Rodgers, man. Everyone loves him. But, uh. You know, outside Aaron Rodgers, dude, Aaron Jones, running back, 135 carries, 589 yards, 11 rushing touchdowns. Now, this is a premier running back. You know, he might not have the yards per carry to really show, you know, like what an elite running back looks like, but the guy scores. And at the end of the day, when your guys are scoring, that's all that really matters. Also, too, the guy is a pass-catching threat, 35 catches, three touchdowns, over 350 yards, man. You know, it's a double Aaron tandem. You know, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, those two guys are filthy. And uh, outside of that, man, the offense itself is just efficient. Those two guys, Jamal Williams, another good running back, Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Jimmy Graham, dude, they they have the pieces to get the job done, man. And, uh, you know, overall, the Packers come off as a little overrated, but I, you know, I still think they're a pretty intimidating and a pretty damn good football team. Yeah, you you covered a lot there. So, to me, it's a, it's um you know you covered a lot, but the main thing obviously that stands out that the Packers do well is they have Aaron Rodgers. Anytime you have Aaron Rodgers under center, you're you're doing something right. Um, I know I said last episode that Aaron Rodgers, for the most part, it he there's almost like there's two versions of him, and it, it depends which one shows up for each game, but he's actually been doing pretty well lately he's having a really good season so it's just um it's gonna be tough for the 49ers to defend him because you know they were pretty much 
getting picked apart by Kyler Murray. And, you know, the pass defense really, really needs to kind of step it up, especially if they're not able to get home. Um, but, and, and I saw this stat actually, um, let's see if I could pull it up here. Aaron Rodgers, he's like really, really good when targeting, um, running backs out of the backfield this season. Uh, here it is right here per Zach Cruz. Uh, and he, he cited uh pro football focus, but he's the highest graded quarterback this season when targeting running backs. So you know that's going to come into play. The 49ers are going to have to be ready for that, for catching pass, uh, backs catching passes out of the backfield. Um, now moving on to what they do not so well. Uh, definitely their defense hasn't been great. And their offensive line, um, they you know unfortunately just suffered. I, I believe their center just went out with a torn ACL. So that's going to be you know, large for them, but they, you know, they got killed by the chargers a couple weeks back. And I know we'll talk about that a little more, but he, um, they, they just, you know, they're having a hard time against really, really premier defensive lines and edge rushers. So the 49ers defensive line, Nick Bosa, I know I said D Ford's out, uh, Eric Armstead, Defoe, even, you know, guys like Solly, you know, they should be ready, ready to, to feast in this game because, it should be, you know, they should be in prime position to kind of succeed. So that's going to be a huge factor, in my opinion. I think it's going to be really kind of the the main factor is whether or not the 49ers edge rushers and defensive line can get home because that will really, really help out the um, the secondary, you know, as we've seen. So, you know, a lot, a lot kind of rides on this and a lot is going to ride on this game. We'll get into that a little more later. Um now, as far as the Packers players, Anthony, uh, who should the 49ers, do you think, on uh, Green Bay's offense, who do you think they should prepare for specifically? First and foremost, they need to be ready for Aaron Rodgers. Again, this guy is having a typical Aaron Rodgers year. The guy is filthy. The guy gets the job done. You know, again, 17 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's completing almost 65% of his passes. So... I saw something from PFF that was saying that based on Aaron Rodgers' QBR, his uh, QBR overall is dropping steadily over the years. But, I mean, come on. The dude is 36 years old. I mean, you can't expect him to be elite forever. But he's playing at an elite level. So, you know, age isn't really a factor for Aaron Rodgers. So what to prepare for? You know, the guy has the best ball placement in the NFL, arguably in history. The guy can throw anyone open. The guy can, again, place the ball wherever he needs to. And he doesn't need a number one receiver, you know, to make a player, you know, anything like that. Because Aaron Rodgers is just going to pass the ball right to him. And the guy shouldn't have to do much other than catch it no matter where it is. You know, Aaron Rodgers has Devontae Adams. And I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't need to throw the ball well for Devontae Adams to catch it. He's extremely talented. But outside of that, man, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, pretty good receiver, nothing too special. Alan Lazard, another big guy, you know, not much. Jay Kumaro, Geronimo Allison, you know. You know, what's kind of crazy about this Packers' offense is I think the average height of their wide receivers are like 6'3", 6'4". All these guys are tall. But um, I digress, man. No matter who Aaron Rodgers is throwing to, they're just going to catch the ball. And, and like you said, too. Uh, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams combined have 60 catches out of the running back position, 60. So look for a lot of checkdowns. Look for a lot of the times for those guys to line out wide, you know, run a route, make a play. 
But uh, it all starts with Aaron Rodgers, man. Specifically, specifically, it starts with Aaron Rodgers. To contain him, man, you know, it's hard not to see what this guy does wrong. The defensive line is going to need to get pressure. They're going to need to pressure Rodgers, and they're going to need to pressure him fast. You give this guy too much time, oh, he's, he will make a play with his feet. He will make a play with his arm. And, I mean, you know, even four or five seconds is too much for Aaron Rodgers. So, Look for Nick Bosa, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead. Those guys need to get at him fast. Pressure, 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 pressure. I think that's the biggest key going forward against Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to disagree with that. The two guys I kind of had, you know, listed here as far as who to pay attention on Green Bay's offense, uh, you mentioned them both. Aside from Aaron Rodgers, uh, Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. I mean, Devontae Adams, a few weeks ago, he put up, 180 yards against the Eagles on 10 catches, averaging 18 yards a catch that week with a long of 58 yards. So, you know, on the season, he's got 537 yards, averaging almost 14 yards a catch. Um, So, like you said, Aaron Rodgers doesn't need to be perfect to allow Devontae Adams to go up and make a play on the ball. Um, He's going to be a real threat against this 49ers defense. And, you know, he's going to open up guys like, you know, Jermonimo Allison and, uh, Mar- um, excuse me, Marquez Valt, ah, Scantling. I can't pronounce his name right now, tongue tied. And also Jimmy Graham. So it's going to be a real tough test. And then also Aaron Jones. Uh, like I just said, you know, he's got the highest, uh, quarterback rating when targeting running backs out of the backfield. So Aaron Jones, you know, he's, he's been solid, playing solidly all year. Uh, he had his best game at least uh, rushing yardage-wise, against the Cowboys a couple weeks back. But, I mean, he's got, you know, close to 600 yards on the season already. And like you said, you know, add 11 touchdowns and 35 receptions out of the backfield to go along with that. So the 49ers are going to have their hands full here on defense. And the only thing they can hope is that um, the 49ers don't come out flat on offense like they did last week because, uh, you know, when we got into this a little bit last the last episode too, they can't really afford to dig themselves into a, an early hole here, especially a deep hole, because it's going to be very hard to come out against, you know, when you're already kind of handicapping yourself, it's going to get be hard to get out of that and overcome, you know, being banged up, playing against Aaron Rodgers. There's There could be, you know, a whole multitude of factors going against this team, and they really need to make sure they're on top of everything to prevent anything that's, you know, in their grasp from happening. Now, that kind of moves into my next question. How can the 49ers contain this Packers offense? We just got into, you know, um, Aaron Rodgers, the running backs, the wide receivers, even Jimmy Graham. What do you think the 49ers defense can do to help contain them? And um, what can we expect from them on Sunday night? You know, outside, outside of what I said about stopping Aaron Rodgers, if we look at it from an outside perspective and not at Aaron Rodgers, I don't think the Packers' offense is too intimidating. I think what really drives it is uh, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and then Devontae Adams, those three guys. And even then, Devontae Adams has missed a handful of games because I think he had turf toe. So he hasn't exactly been up to health. I think this is going to be his second game back from injury. But, um, you know... Robert Salo likes to change up his defenses a lot. He likes to give a uh, constant man, constant zone looks. You know, he throws the whole kitchen sink at you. But uh, oh, overall, man, I think to contain the Packers, you know, I don't want to say clock control and uh, 
you know, make him run the ball because the Niners run defense has not been good the past three games. I think they're averaging over a hundred yards allowed per game to teams. So I guess I'm going to say this, man, the offense needs to stay out on the field for a long time. And in terms of the defense though, they need to get Aaron Rodgers and that Packers offense to go three and out consistently. Keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. Don't give him any time to make plays, make throws. Because, again, you give Aaron Rodgers too much time. And, I mean, we've seen it against Dallas in the playoffs when they got smoked by Atlanta a few years ago. You give uh, you give Aaron Rodgers, what, less than a minute, and he completes that beautiful pass to Jared Cook up the sideline. And then that's all she wrote, man. So keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. Defense needs to move, move, move fast if they want to win this game. And the pass rush needs to hit. You know, this is going to be a big coverage game from the entire defense, dude. The wide receivers aren't necessarily challenging and tasking outside of Devonte Adams, but they're big, they're physical, they will outmuscle DBs, and quite frankly, Aaron Rodgers has a lot of guys he can throw jump balls to and win one-on-one catches most of the time. So the DBs are going to need to be physical, man. Richard Sherman, Emmanuel Mosley, Akello Witherspoon, Jimmy Ward, K1, all these guys. They need to be ready to just, you know, break up passes, get hands and, you know, get hands in dudes' chests, press them, knock them off their route, you know, disrupt their timing, get anything to just, I, I don't want to say give Aaron Rodgers time while the receivers aren't open, but, you know, close off his receivers, hope the pass rush hits fast because the Packers have one of the best offensive lines in football. But, couple weeks ago man they just got destroyed by the chargers joey bosa and melvin ingram dude two elite pass rushers now i know the niners aren't going to go into this game with d ford but don't count out eric armstead don't count out Demontre Moore, man these are two underrated guys still in my opinion that can really hit home fast so the defensive line needs to pressure and if they pressure give aaron Rodgers no time to throw we could be looking at a pretty solid game yeah and you you know you bring up a good a good point with Demontre Moore. Um, he he could you know have a huge effect on this game if he's able to step in and, and provide in, uh, provide pressure right away. And the 49ers, like you said, I think it's a it's a great point that they really need to control the time of possession. Uh, the best way to beat Aaron Rodgers is to keep him on the sideline, keep him with a baseball cap on and not a helmet. And if they do that, then you know they're looking like their you know their chances of winning this game probably rise significantly. And the defense, um, you know, we talked about it earlier, how they contain this offense is getting home. You know, just like you said, Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa, they were able to kind of, you know, throw Aaron Rodgers off his game. And the Packers looked almost, you know, unrecognizable compared to weeks prior. So I think the 49ers have to kind of watch that tape of the Chargers-Packers game and do everything they can to emulate that and kind of, you know, with their own twist and make sure that they're able to throw Aaron Rodgers off his game, make sure he's not able to get comfortable, make sure he's not able to scramble, extend plays as we know he likes to do and just continue to make plays and, and, you know, keep him on the sideline, not let them convert on third downs, especially, you know, third and longs where they're just, you know, drive killers, even stuff like, uh, you know, Richard Sherman, we saw him last week at the beginning of the Cardinals game. He got penalized for pass interference, you know, a couple times. And, you know, one, I think, ended up giving the Cardinals a touchdown. It led to a touchdown. So they have to play smart. They have to be aware of what's going on, you know, and not just be caught off, caught, you know, not paying attention or being caught just not in the right position. This isn't the game to be slacking. This isn't the game to be, you know, taking a playoff here or there. They need 
their full participation, 100% of the snaps, in order to beat the Packers. So it's going to be tough. Um, now, wrapping up the 49ers kind of defense, who needs to have a big day in order for the 49ers to win defensively? You know what's funny is I brought it up earlier with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. But, uh, dude, if one Bosa brother can get at Aaron Rodgers, little brother can do it too, man. Nick Bosa needs to have a day. He's still in consideration for Defensive Rookie of the Year, arguably Defensive Player of the Year. He needs to hit home, dude. He's going to be matching up against either David Bakhtiari or Brian Bulaga, two really good tackles. And uh, for the defense to get going, dude, Nick Bosa needs to go off. Now, we'll save our predictions for later. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to let any sneak peeks go by right now. But I will say I think Nick Bosa is due for a really big day. You know, with D Ford gone, someone's going to have to step up on that defensive line. I know Armstead can. I know Buckner can. But the real guy who needs to get the, you know, get the train moving, Nick freaking Bosa. Okay. I like it. It's hard to argue against that, as we've been saying kind of this whole time already. If you get Nick Bosa going, you get the defensive line getting some pressure, you're going to throw Aaron Rodgers off his game, get in his head. Um, since you went with the edge rushers, I'm going to go with uh, a little further back, not too far though, in Fred Warner. I really think Fred Warner needs to have um, a big game, and I think he needs to continue to be playing really, really good football in order for this 49ers defense to kind of have success. And, you know, it could be covering Jimmy Graham. It could be covering uh, running backs out of the backfield, you know, spying on Aaron Rodgers, whatever it may be. I just think that Fred Warner needs to continue to play really, really good football. And especially in the absence of Quan Alexander taking uh, Dre Greenlaw under his wing, there's a lot that needs to to happen. And he's, he's the quarterback of this defense. Let's not, you know, let's not get around here. He's the guy who's getting everything done. He's calling all the plays on defense. He is, you know, I don't want to say the veteran of the defense because he's definitely not that. But of the younger guys, I could easily imagine him being the leader of the younger guys, kind of the 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 bigger little brother, if that makes sense. So, you you know, you go with Nick Bosa. I go with Fred Warner. I think they're both really good choices. Now, we've kind of covered the 49ers defense this whole time. Let's go to the other side of the ball. Um, the 49ers offense we've seen some interesting changes the last couple of weeks. They've been having trouble running the ball. Uh, last week, I think they only ran for like, I don't know, 30 yards or something like that. And it seemed like they got, they went away from it as soon as they realized it wasn't working. Um, what will they have to do to expose this green Bay Packers defense? And what do you think we see from them Sunday night? I think to attack this uh, Packers defense, you know, I brought it up earlier. Outside of the pass rush, they haven't really been that impressive. You know, they're one of those teams that they they have the pieces, but they can't put the puzzle together. And I was reading some stats. Mike Pedden, defensive coordinator, he likes to dial up a lot of blitzes and a lot of pressure. So that's telling me that, you know, even outside of the two edge guys who are hitting home, they're, they're not getting too much pressure to begin with. So... I'm thinking Garoppolo is going to have to flex that quick release because uh, the offensive line play the past few weeks has not been good, man. It's been awful. And Joe Staley's going to be out, so Justin School is going to be back in the left tackle. You know, both tackles, Justin School and Mike McGlinchey, have struggled. Past couple weeks while Staley's been gone, School's filled in, bad. Mike McGlinchey, since he's returned from injury, 
bad. Arguably the only good offensive lineman has been Weston Rickberg, and he is a hammer. He is a tank. The rest of the guys, though, mediocre, average at best. The tackles are struggling. So this is going to be a big Garoppolo game, dude. He's going to need to get the release off quick on the ball. He's going to need to hit guys open in stride. He's going to you know, throw to spots, and it's going to be another shootout, dude. I, I really think this is going to be a game that's just going to be another shootout where Garoppolo is going to have to throw 300, 350-plus yards. Um, I know we brought it earlier that the Packers' defense is very leaky. They are not that good overall, but just because they're not that good doesn't mean they could just decide to have one hell of a game. Again, they have the pieces to get the job done. I, you know, they're not getting it done, and I don't know if it's a sign that Mike Pedden isn't a good defensive coordinator or guys just don't know their assignments or what. But you know, teams could have that wow game like Seattle did a couple weeks ago against us. You know, anytime. And a lot of what happened with Seattle was Jadavion Clowney decided to have a career day. So, you know, you come into this game and you see Green Bay and it's like their pass rush is better than Seattle. Zedaria Smith, Preston Smith, you know, guys that can hit home. And Mike Pedden likes to uh, send pressure, send blitzes constantly. So, you know, the whole point of this, Garoppolo needs to get open, or excuse me, (laughs) Garoppolo needs to throw the ball quick. He needs to get, you know, he needs to flex that fast release because, uh, I, I really don't believe in the Niners' offensive line right now, and I don't know if they could get good push with the run game going. Now, I know Kittle is back, and I know it looks like the offense is going to be at full steam, but uh, I don't know if Kittle is going to be at, on the snap count. I don't know if Shanahan is just going to baby him, see how he does, you know, because he's missed quite a bit of time. You know, let him get his uh, feet wet, see where he stands, because Kittle is the difference maker in the run game. Crazy to think one tight end is the difference, but hey, George Kittle, dude, best tight end in the league and uh, best blocking tight end too. And he has a lot to do with the run game. So, you know, I I want to see a good game from Garoppolo. I feel like this is going to be another Garoppolo game, but it does start with the run game to begin with. And if they can't get blocking, dude, Garoppolo is going to have to come in and come ready to ball out because quite frankly, the guys protecting him just can't get the job done, dude. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've kind of seen Garoppolo step it up the last couple of weeks, even with the absence of George Kittle. Emmanuel Sanders hasn't really been able to go. Um, here, Here's one of my bold predictions. I think the 49ers get back to their ground game in this game. I think they're able to find success on the ground, help Garoppolo not put it all on his arm. And uh, my main reason is, per NFL Network, I see that the 49ers... They're averaging 225 yards rushing per game against teams that are ranked in the bottom 10 in rush defense. And guess what? The Green Bay Packers, they're ranked 25th. So I think the 49ers, they're going to be able to come out, and I think they're going to be able to find success on the ground. Uh, Even Tevin Coleman, Jeff Wilson, uh, you know, guys like that. I'm not sure if Mostert's a full go. I think he is. But um, I think they're going to be able to find success on the ground. I think they're going to be able to help out this, this passing offense. And they're going to help alleviate some pressure off Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think it's going to be huge. I think they really need to help um, not only Jimmy Garoppolo, but the receivers. We've seen the receivers, aside from Debo Samuel, um, last week it was much, much better with the lack of drops. The decrease in drops that we saw coming off the week prior in the Monday night game against uh, Seattle. However, it doesn't really seem like these wide receivers are ready to be put in that position to where they need to succeed on every snap. So if the 49ers can get their running game going, it really, really helps out this offense. And also I saw um, on NFL 
that um, the 49ers are the only team in the NFL right now that rank in the top five in total in scoring offense and top five in total in scoring defense this season. So in order to keep that going, to keep up with that trend, they really need to get their running game back on track. They can't have another game where they have 30 yards or fewer rushing and, you know, 400 yards throwing. It's just completely lopsided. And I know all season long we had been hearing up until the last couple of weeks, you stop the running game, you stop the 49ers. I know we've been able to see the 49ers prove that theory wrong. However, I don't want to see them now teams go and try and stop the um, the passing game and force them to be on the ground. I want to be able to do it no matter how we go. And, and you know what? The, the main thing I want to see is them get the ground game going even if the Packers are 100% sold out to stopping the run. That's what they need to do because that's what playoff teams are going to be doing. They're going to be selling out to stop you whatever way you see fit. And you need to still be able to constantly win. So that's my kind of bold prediction. That's how I think they get this this game going. And I think it's going to be huge. I just talked about the running game a lot, Anthony. What do you think can we expect from Jimmy G? Um, he's had, you know, last in the last two weeks, he's had two, or last, excuse me, last three weeks, he's had two of the best games in his career. Stat-wise, can we expect another game like that from him Sunday night? You know, I brought it up earlier about how my confidence is with the offensive line in the run game. And I think it's not I, – I, I think we can't expect this type of game from him. I mean, a 350-yard game, three or four touchdowns, because the Packers defense – you know, I can't stop saying it, dude. I can't stop stressing it. The Packers defense can get exposed. They have playmakers who are ball hawks, and they can really make something happen. But overall, the defense has not been consistent, and it's been very leaky, and offenses should be able to attack these guys, and the Niners' offense in particular should really be able to go at this defense. But the point being with Garoppolo, though, I think it's not that we can expect him to have a good game because I think we can. I think it's that he needs to have a good game. And this is from my my point of view, but – I, I'm not confident with the offensive line play. I'm not confident with the run game. I don't know if they can get it going, even with Kittle back. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo has his full arsenal of weapons in front of him, dude. Emmanuel Sanders, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. You know, Ross Dwelly filling in has looked really good. Kyle Juszczyk last week had a really nice game. And, uh, you know, he has the weapons, and Jimmy Garoppolo should have a field day attacking the secondary in particular. And, um, you know... Garoppolo is going to need to have a good game. And that's my opinion, dude. Garoppolo is going to have to ball out. He's going to need to make plays, man. Cause uh, if the run game can't get going and you know, the Niners are still one of the best running teams in football, but the past few weeks have just not been that good. And I don't know if we can expect a complete run game for once. And I know the Packers run defense has not been good at all, but the Niners have had the chance to go up against pretty shaky run defenses in Arizona twice in Seattle, and they haven't really been able to get the job done. So maybe the Packers will be a break with how bad their defense is overall. But that's just my confidence with the run game overall. I don't feel it. I don't see it. Garoppolo is going to have to go out. He's going to go, ha- or excuse me, he's going to have to go out there and ball out. Be ready to throw another career game, man, because Aaron Rodgers is going to be right on his ass, you know keeping the score really close, especially if the defense can't force any turnovers. Yeah, I actually agree with you there. I know we disagree on the running game and how that's going to kind of happen. Um, You you say that they're not going to be able to get it going. I think they will. However, as far as Jimmy Garoppolo, I think he's going to have another big game. 
Um, I think he's going to, and you know, I'm not going to get into my stat predictions, but let me just say this. I know you kind of alluded to this right now and you're, um, what you just answered, but the Packers, you know, their defense is giving up 200 and roughly 260 yards passing per game. And they haven't really been playing, you know, great quarterbacks. So I think the 49ers stand a pretty good chance of putting up some, some big numbers through the air against this team. And um, I look for the 49ers receivers to step it up as well. I look for Debo to have another big game. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is coming back. So that's going to kind of take some some of the um, defensive pressure off of the, the younger guys. Kendrick Bourne. Uh, I'm not sure how many snaps Dante Pettis is going to get. But if, you know, Dante Pettis, Richie James, Kyle Juszczyk even, like you said, I think that they're going to be able to to help out Jimmy Garoppolo in a major, major way this week. And it's, it's desperately needed. So... I'm excited to see it. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's been playing really, really well, aside from a few boneheaded mistakes that you can expect out of any young quarterback. And I say young, meaning starting experience, field time. I know he's not a young in age quarterback. However, uh, when it comes to, you know, starting experience, he he's relatively young. I mean, he's got just a little over a season under his belt as a starter. So he definitely needs some help from his receivers. But I think I don't think it's out of the question to say that we should expect another big game from Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, aside from from uh, Jimmy G, what other players on offense do you think will stand out against the Packers? So you said it right there. Uh, we don't know how many snaps Dante Pettis is going to get. But, dude, I'm going to stand and I'm going to die on this island, man. I want Dante Pettis to get his chance and I want him to go out there and I want him to ball out. We've seen it. I know he can do it. A lot of people don't believe in him, and that's fine. I still believe in the guy. He can go out there, and he can make plays, man. He, I just know he can do it. And I know he's not going to get that many snaps, and it's going to be really annoying. But even if he gets three or four targets, you know, I want him to just catch the ball. Even if it's like two or three catches for 15, 20 yards, I just want to see him go out there and see him make plays. But overall, though, you know, the wide receiver unit is going to have to step up for Garoppolo. We can't see the drops that we've seen the past few weeks. And I know last week was good against Arizona, but Seattle, the previous Arizona game too, man, the drops are just, you know, they're inconsistent. And having George Kittle back, having Emmanuel Sanders back, having two guys who are really, really consistent with the way they catch a ball and how they put themselves in the position to catch it is really important for giving Garoppolo confidence to just throw the ball, period. So, Look for their entire pass-catching unit to have one hell of a game, man. But in, in particular, dude, uh, I think Debo's going to have another good game. I know he's coming in banged up with a shoulder injury, but uh, he's a rookie, dude. Rookies know how to play through toughness or play through injuries, excuse me. These guys are ready to go out there. Debo wants to make a name for himself. I think he has the chance to, what, tie Jerry Rice's record for, you know, franchise record for three straight 100-yard games or some, something crazy. I, I saw some stat like that, but uh, in any event, though, you know, I think Debo's going to be the biggest, uh, I guess, X factor, if you will, for the Niners' offense to really get moving. Arguably, even more so than George Kittle. Okay, all right, I like it, and I like the love for Dante Pettis. Still, um, I definitely hope he gets it back on track. I want to see him, you know, out of the out of the doghouse. I want to see him find success, especially with the 49ers. I think he has all the tools necessary. He just needs to be able to put it all together. Um, now you're pounding the table for Dante Pettis. I'm kind of pounding the table for Richie James. And I hate that one success kind of comes at the other's expense. However, 
we saw what Richie James was able to do once you got the ball in his hands and blockers in space last week against the Cardinals. He, you could argue, was he single-handedly sparked this offense to kind of get back into this game. As soon as he had that really long screen pass go, the rest of the game was totally different. Um, I think Richie James is a dynamic playmaker, and I think the 49ers need to find a way to get him more involved because it'll only lead them to find more success, in my opinion. Now, he's not the player I'm going to choose for um, as far as who I think will have a big game on offense for the 49ers. Um, I'm going to go against, or sorry, not against, I'm going to go with none other than George Kittle, the people's tight end. Uh, George is coming back from a few injury, a few games missed due to that knee injury that he took on Halloween. Uh, helmet to the knee kind of kept him out a bit. The Packers this season have not done well against opposing tight ends. Uh, I don't have the stats in front of me. However, I saw them earlier and the numbers aren't great. So I think that George Kittle should be able to return from injury. And to be honest with you, I think he probably could have played last week. However, the 49ers were being you know cautious with him and knew that they had a very very important stretch of games coming up here over the next three or four games and you can even argue through the rest of the season and they needed him at a hundred percent and they definitely didn't want to uh, risk him re-aggravating that injury or making it worse so they kept him out until this week uh, I think he's going to come back and light it up I would not be surprised to see him go for you know go over triple digits in receiving and, and catch a score or two uh, we saw how, you know, last week Shani likes to to scheme up the tight ends open. Dwelly caught two TDs. Should have been three, but one got called back due to uh, Weston Richburg holding call. So I just think the tight end, George Kittle, you know, who the best player on the 49ers offense by far, he's going to come out and he's going to be kind of the X factor on, on the football field on Sunday. Um, now, aside from the players... Uh, what do you think we can expect from Kyle Shanahan? What type of game is he going to coach? He's going against, and we haven't even talked about this. He's going against his ex coworker, uh, however you want to call it, protege, Matt LaFleur. They were together, I believe in three separate stints. Um, how do you think he's going to come out here and coach this game? I think we're going to finally see, finally see Kyle Shanahan really break out the screen passes. Um, he, I, you know, I'm the wrong person to sit here and judge Kyle Shanahan as a play caller, but I feel like his most effective play calls are screen passes, whether it's wide receiver screens, whether it's a halfback screens, whether it's even a fullback screen, tight end screen, you name it. The screen pass in this offense, I think it's one of the most underrated and successful things about the offense as a whole. So I think that's one of the big things to uh, look for with Shanahan. The Packers do not have fast linebackers. They don't. Blake Martinez is a really good tackler. Don't get me wrong. He's a fantastic tackler, but he doesn't have the foot speed to catch up to guys like Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert and, uh, God, even Matt Breida, Jeff Wilson, you know, when the guys are healthy. And Oren Burks, another pretty decent linebacker, but he's still very young, not even close to developed yet. And, you know, look for a guy like him to make mistakes too. So overall, man, I want to see Shanahan dial up screen passes. And uh, I think this is going to be another type of game where we're going to see a lot of yards after catch from the wide receivers. I don't think Shanahan trusts Garoppolo throwing deep. Not against a secondary that includes Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Adrian Amos, and uh, Darnell Savage Jr. Hell, even Trayman Williams. And he's like a dinosaur at this point. 
So look for uh, look for the type of passes for him to throw out there for Garoppolo that are going to be short, quick, you know, a lot of slants, a lot of ins, a lot of outs, something to get the guys open in space and to give them yards after catch. It's going to be another type of game where, you know, like I just said, yards after catch, dude, guys are going to need to make the play with balls in their, <laughs> they're going to need to make plays with the ball in their hand. And, uh, you know, that, that's about it, dude. I don't think Shanahan's offense is going to change too much. I think he's going to be overly aggressive with the run game, though. I think he's going to try and really exploit the Packers' run defense. As you said, they aren't a good run team or run defending team. Now, I know I don't believe in the run, you know, personally with how bad the offensive line is. But with George Kittle back, you know, with the team damn near healthy, finally back, you know, Shanahan might have a lot of confidence to finally say, you know what, I think I can run the ball. I think I'm going to give Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert a chance to make some plays. Let's see what we got. And now that George Kittle is back, I think Shanahan has all the confidence in the world to run the ball, you know, manage the clock, keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, and, you know, just get it going from there. But uh, overall, I think the consistent trend with not really seeing a deep ball from Garoppolo is going to continue. A lot of short, underneath, yakky-type stuff to really get the chains moving. Yeah, and I, I agree with that because the 49ers receivers, um, you know, particularly they're not – the long pass type of receivers are not the, the bomb deep down the field. Jimmy Garoppolo, um, I saw a chart earlier in the week kind of detailing his accuracy against the NFL average. And from, you know, short to medium, you know, even kind of medium long, it's all w- pretty decently above average. However, as soon as it goes into, you know, 20 yards plus down the field, it, it, it goes below average. It, it takes a really, really big, a big dip. So the 49ers, I think Kyle Shanahan knows that that's not one of Jimmy's strengths. And um, it's not necessarily a weakness. However, he's just not as accurate with the deep ball as I'm sure they would like him to be. So with that being said, um, just like you said, I think they're going to be having a lot of underneath passes. They're going to get the ball into their playmakers' hands and allow them the opportunity to kind of make a move or two, make a defender miss, break a tackle, and pick up the yards after the catch. And I think that's where the 49ers are kind of going to find their their bread and butter here. And, you know, going back to Kyle Shanahan and uh, Matt LaFleur kind of being together, I think they were first together in 2008 with the Houston Texans. Uh, LaFleur was an offensive assistant. Kyle was then the offensive coordinator. And then also a couple years later, they were together in Washington with the Redskins. And then they last were together in... um, excuse me, for seven years, I believe, in Atlanta. So they were together with three different teams. And then I saw this quote earlier in the week. I thought it was funny. They asked Kyle Shanahan, um, you know, I, I believe they, they went back to this quote, but they asked um, him about when Matt LaFleur uh, asked for permission to interview and hire his brother, who was under contract with the 49ers as a passing game coordinator. And he just goes, yeah, no, like that wasn't, you know, they asked him if it was hard to say no. And he goes, no, not at all. And, you know, I, I really looked forward to the chance of doing that. And obviously he was joking. He was kind of saying it in jest. But I just think it's hilarious that that's the type of coach that the 49ers have. Um, he just seems like such a kind of, you know, young-spirited guy. So, and, and you know, he knows it's all it's all business here. There's no hard feelings. I'm sure, you know, if he wasn't the coach, he'd obviously have no problems. But he, that just speaks to how much he values uh, Matt LaFleur's brother that's coaching with the 49ers. So with that all being said, 
back to how the 40 how Shanahan's going to coach this game, I definitely think short intermediate routes, get the hands get excuse me, get the ball into the hands of the playmakers and look to get this running game back on track. Um they definitely need it to get going again. They need to find some confidence on the ground before they go up against a New Orleans, a Baltimore. Um so they really really need to start Sunday night. Now, wrapping it up here Anthony, Let's get into our usual. Um, we do our scoring predictions, and then we pick one player, offense, defense, special teams, whoever you want to pick, and we try and predict their stats. So, Anthony, what do you have for me for Sunday night, Packers, 49ers? 28 to 24 Niners. I had a weird deja vu moment. I don't know why. It's one of those like deja vus where you know it hasn't happened, but you feel like it's going to happen. And like you almost saw it in your head visually or like you dreamed about it. I don't know. Uh, superstition Perry out here. But uh, nah, dude, 28-24 Niners. I think they're going to be able to contain Aaron Rodgers for the most part. I think they're going to actually be able to intercept Aaron Rodgers because of the defensive line pressure. And overall, Garoppolo and the crew are just going to be able to move the ball easily on the Packers. You know, the defense isn't all that. I know they have good pieces, but they're not consistent. Shanahan should be able to really exploit Mike Pedden's defense and make him look silly, dude. And, uh, you know, predecessor matchup, man. Kyle Shanahan versus Matt LaFleur. You know, two guys who have coached together. Two guys who kind of know each other. But overall, dude, Shanahan is a thousand times better than Matt LaFleur as a coach. And uh, Shanahan is going to bring all the cards on the table, dude. He's going to push everything out there. He's going to say, look, this is my team. These are my boys. We're healthy. We're ready to ball out. This is going to be my time to shine as a head coach. So uh, 28-24 Niners. One person to stand out on offense, dude. I think I'm going to go Debo Samuel. I think he's going to do that franchise record thing I brought up earlier, something about 100 yards. Uh you know, I think we're going to look at six to seven catches, 110 yards, one touchdown. And uh, on defense, dude, Nick Bosa, my guy, man. I think Nick Bosa is going to show up. David Bakhtiari, Brian Bulaga, he's going to show him what it's like to face another Bosa brother. I think I'm going to go with Nick Bosa is going to have two and a half sacks, one forced fumble. Wow. All right. I love it. That, that would be a big game. That would be huge for the 49ers in helping them get this win. Um, I love it. I love it. I, you know, hope that happens. And as far as my prediction, um, final score, I think I'm going to go similar to yours. However, I'm going to go 21-17 49ers. I think it's going to be a relatively low-scoring game. Um, I think the 49ers are going to kind of just – take over the game slowly it's not going to come out to a fast start they're not going to get you know all their points in one quarter i think it's going to be you know slowly a touchdown here touchdown here field goal you know however it may line up but i really think the 49ers win this game and um i think they have a good shot especially with their offensive weapons george kittle Emmanuel sanders uh coming back this week like you said robbie gold i know he's listed as doubtful however he was seen uh reportedly kicking today so all signs kind of point they're pointing up for the 49ers let's just hope they can capitalize on this momentum and uh we definitely need another solid game from this 49ers offense and you know from the defense as well however the defense has been relatively lights out for the most part um give or take a play here or there but the 49ers offense they can't afford like i've been saying to come out flat again 
Uh, my player, as far as predicting their stats, uh, I know I alluded to George Kittle earlier. However, I'm going to go with the other guy returning from injury. I'm going to go with Debo Sanders. Um, excuse me, not Debo. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders. And I think he's going to come back and not have a huge game, but I think he's going to have a big enough game for the 49ers to get that dub. Uh, I'm going to say six catches, 89 yards, and I think he gets a, a score here. And I really, really think that uh, he's he's back. He's fully healthy. And I saw uh, he was speaking to NFL Network's MJ Acosta, and she kind of asked him how he was doing. And he said, you know, last week I wasn't even able to, to laugh. My ribs hurt so much. And she said that he kind of gave a playful laugh and said, but I'm all, I'm all ready now. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. So that just makes me so happy, so hyped. And I'm, you know, ecstatic for the 49ers to get back out there at full strength, roughly full strength. They're not quite there, obviously, but, you know, it's as good as it can get for this week. And, you know, just like Kyle said, um, it's, it's, it's a plus that the, the game is Saturday, Sunday night. And it may not seem like much of a difference from 1 p.m. to 5.15 p.m. However, that four hours difference, it really, really helps the players when you're a game time decision as it is. Now you get an extra four hours to rest, stretch, uh, whatever you need to do to get your body right, get your mind right. They now have that opportunity. So it's going to be huge for the 49ers. Um, Now, to wrap it up here, I'm going to get into our standard shout outs. Uh, Like we've said before. It's just kind of things that we see interesting regarding the, the team. Um, the first one that I want to get into is what you've you kind of uh, been alluding to throughout this episode. Uh, the 49ers rookie record that, um, excuse me, not even rookie record, receiver record. Debo Samuel, he's caught 16 passes for 246 yards over the last uh, couple weeks. If he gets another 100 yards on Sunday, he'll be the first 49ers receiver since guess who Jerry Rice back in 95 I was one year old in 95 to post three straight 100 yard games and you know you think of some great not great but you think of some really really good 49ers receivers over the last couple years Uh, my mind immediately goes to you know Anquan Bolden even Crabtree there for his thousand yard season and these guys weren't able to post three consecutive 100 yard games Debo might do it as a rookie. I think that's just really going to speak to you know how, how good of a player he is and how good of a player he's going to be. Um, also, I spoke about it earlier. Uh, I, I believe I mistakenly said the Packers center. I believe he's their guard, Cole Madison. He tore his ACL during practice this week, and he will be out for the season. That is per Ian Rappaport, NFL Network. That is a pretty big uh, loss for them, so... Let's just hope uh, the 49ers, you know, I don't, I don't ever mean to capitalize on somebody's, you know, downfall. However, it, it's football. It's X's and O's. It's all business. They really need to attack the weaknesses wherever they can find them. Um, also, I thought this, you know, being a, a Cal fan back in the day when uh, the 49ers passed up on Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, he hasn't played the 49ers that many times in his career. However, he is 4-2 and in the regular season and 0-2 and in the playoffs. Let's hope the 49ers can can um, add another another one to that L column this week. Also, going off of last week, uh, Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo and Debo Samuel were both um, kind of nominated for honors. Debo was nominated for Rookie of the Week. However, unfortunately, he did not win. And Jimmy was uh, nominated for FedEx NFL uh, Air Player of the Week. And I believe he did win, so that's good. Wrapping it up here, we got two more for you. 
the three 49ers, or excuse me, four 49ers currently lead their position in Pro Bowl voting. Um, Nick Bosa, Kyle Juszczyk, George Kittle, and Richard Sherman. Let's keep that going, guys. Uh, I believe you can find all of the Pro Bowl voting information on Twitter, on the 49ers website. Pretty much just wherever you got to search Pro Bowl, get it done. And uh, lastly, congratulations to Richard Sherman for the Week 11 NFL PA's Community MVP. Uh, Sherman recently donated $5,000 to a Compton youth football team uh, just so they could attend the national championship and also restock the shelves at three different food banks in Washington. That's awesome, Sherman. Such a great dude to have in the community. We are very, very thankful. He's a 49er. Definitely thankful he's no longer a Seattle Seahawk. So that's going to be it for us today, guys. We really appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, if you guys like what you hear, please do us a solid and give us a review on whatever uh, platform you listen in on. We really appreciate all your guys' support. And, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully we can we can catch up with you guys after the 49ers are 10-1. and 1. Lastly, I'm Zach Hernandez. You can find me at Zach Hernan. Follow the podcast at um, RGS Pod. And also, real quick, we have our giveaway going on right now. All you have to do is go to our 49ers Hive Twitter account, retweet the pinned tweet, and like it. As long as you're following, you are entered in the competition to get a jersey of your choice. Go to 49ers Hive right now, retweet, like that tweet, make sure you're following. That's going to be it for me. Anthony, let the folks know one more time where they can find you at. All right, guys. As usual, to find me on Twitter, Perry underscore 49ers. It's P-E-R-R-Y underscore 49ERS. And a closing tidbit for myself, dude. The Packers allow 384.7 yards per game. That's 28th in the league. The Niners, they allow 253 yards per game. That's second in the league. If the Niners defense can contain Aaron Rodgers and the Niners offense can expose the Packers defense, I, I, I didn't call it my score prediction, dude, but we could be looking at a little 40-burger, man. This team could score up some points real fast, so... Be ready for it, dude. It, it's pretty damn lopsided, and uh, this game could go either way, but I think the Niners have a pretty damn good shot of coming out with the W. Damn, 40 points, man. Could you imagine uh, what a statement that would be on primetime against a really, really good Green Bay Packers team? I could only hope that that is the case. Um, and also, real last tidbit I kind of forgot to include. I know you said one of the main keys is getting Aaron Rodgers to throw a pick. He's got 138 consecutive pass attempts without an interception, which is tied for the third longest uh, active streak in the NFL right now. So the 49ers are really, really going to be looking to break that streak on Sunday. Uh, Let's hope they can do it. Let's hope they can do it. Like I said, hopefully we catch you guys up with uh, after the 49ers are 10 and one. Thanks for tuning in guys.